Welcome to Damn Good Movie Memories with your host, Ryan Davis. This podcast is the cure for your long commute and super boring work day. Hey there, it's Brian Davis, and for this week's episode, we're going to cover the movie Vivacious Lady from 1938. The studio was RKO Radio Pictures. The release date was May 13th, 1938. The running time, 90 minutes, and it was in black and white. Leonard Malden from his classic movie guy gives it 3 out of 4 stars. He writes, Overlong but entertaining comedy of a professor, played by Jimmy Stewart, marrying a nightclub singer, played by Ginger Rogers, and trying to break the news to his conservative family and fiancé back home. Balula Bondi is fun in an amusing variation of her usual motherly role. Now, I'm pretty sure that this was a discovery watching TCM, and then when it became available on DVD, I made sure to pick it up. The combination of Ginger Rogers and James Stewart is always a winner for me. Plus, this is an early starring role for Stewart and Rogers, who was transitioning from dance musicals with Fred Astaire to more traditional comedies like Vivacious Lady. Okay, let's get into the film. So it begins at a nightclub where Professor Peter Morgan Jr., that's James Stewart, is trying to find his free-willing cousin Keith, played by James Ellison, who is currently rip-roaring drunk and in love with yet another woman. But all Peter cares about is getting Keith on a train back home. Peter calls home, but they can get sidetracked watching one of the nightclub performers sing. Her name is Francie, played by Ginger Rogers. What? No, I, I'm in a nightclub, Dad. Now, just don't get excited. I'm leaving soon. What? No, it's a girl this time. How's the mother doing? What? All that I've got left is a lovely memory. So I'm forgotten and I'm all alone. But when you dance with someone else and try romance with someone else, you reminded of me and when you look in somebody's eyes the way you looked into mine the memory of those little white lies will haunt you all of the time so you've forgotten all the thrills we knew but wait the day will come to you and when your heart is broken too, you'll be reminded of me. If you should ever think of New York after dark, and remember how we rode the hurdy-gurdy in the park, and later as we strolled along, you kissed my trembling hand, and on my fingers slipped an 18 carat cigar band, you'll be reminded of me. When you look in somebody's eyes The way you look into mine The memory of those little white lies Will haunt you all over time Go on forgetting all the thrills we ever knew But wait a the day of Will I come to you? And the winner, you're a hearter, is a broken up too. You'll be reminded of me and I'll be laughing. You'll be reminded of me.
a fellow at my table, I've gone to my hotel to pack. I want to put one over on him. Let me know when he leaves. I'll be in here. Hello. How do you do? Where's Keith? Well, I wish I knew. I... Oh, you, you're, uh, you're, oh. What's the matter? Nothing, nothing. Say, what were you trying to do, break me up? Oh, when you were singing. Well, I fell over a cooler over there. I'm exceedingly sorry. I... Well, don't be. Some drunk does it every night. Oh, I don't mean that I think you're swacked. I beg your pardon? I said I don't mean that I think you're tight. Well, I'm not intoxicated. No kidding. No, no. I'm just, uh, just... Well, the only way I can explain it... it... When I was a small boy, we had one of the first automobiles in Old Sharon. And oh, you live there too? Oh, yes, yes. And one morning, my father was driving along, and he didn't see me in the street. He's rather absent-minded about small details. And he ran over me. It wasn't serious, but it was quite a blow. Oh, yeah. Well, that's just the way I feel right now. We say it a little different. We say we feel like we've been hit by a truck. Oh. Well, it's the same idea. Yeah. Have a cigarette? No, thanks. Oh, here's something to drink. No, I never use it. I couldn't get you anything to eat. Yes, yes, I believe I would like something. Oh, fine. No, no, not in here. The food's terrible. Well, then we... Well... I mean, you, we... You, well, do you want to take me out or don't you? Yes, I do. I want to take you out very much. Well, how about it? All right. If you don't have to hurry home, we might see some of New York. All right. Good night, Charlie. I'm going to see New York. Has he gone? Oh, yes, he's gone, but... Uh... Oh, boy, oh, boy, did I give him a runner out. Boy, will he be so... Boy, did we get rid of him. Hey, where's Francie? Yes, sir, oh, boy, did we get rid of him, but Francie went with him. Oh, boy. Huh? He's, he's showing her New York. Oh, boy. Oh, boy, indeed. By the way, Charlie the Waiter at the Club is played by Jack Carson. Francie and Peter try to avoid the very crowded New York City and end up on a top-level bus and then spend the entire night together. Did you ever stop to think how important a university really is? Now that you ask me, I don't believe I have. Well, we, we worry about industry and business. Well, few people realize that it's really the schools that are responsible for the degree of civilization people attain. Say, what are you? Well, I'm a professor. Oh. Well, not quite. Associate professor. So when I see something like that university, it gives me quite a thrill because... 
Because what? Well, I'd like to tell you. I'm afraid you just think I'd brag. Well, no, I like people who think they're good. Well, you see, my grandfather was president of Old Sharon University. Good night. My father's president now, and someday I'm going to be. I assure you, I, I've never talked this much before. But I, I just realized I'm trying to make an impression. Well, you could let me say something. I'd like to make an impression, too. Oh, well, you don't have to say anything. No? No. You, you speak for yourself, and very eloquently, too. Besides, wasn't I at the cafe tonight? Did you like my dance? Well, you were singing when I came in. Oh, you didn't see my dance? Where I wear the little thing with the sequins? No. Oh, I'm sorry. That's the best number I do. Oh, I want you to see it. Why? Oh, it's a great number. Oh, that's so. That's terrific. Oh, you're good. Sure, I'm good. Now who's bragging? You got me. <laughs> Runs up there every day. Bye. Goodbye. Well, why? <laughs> I live here. Oh, oh. Things out carefully. Things? Well, what things? Just things. You mean small things or important things? Oh, everything. Well, if they're small things, I never do. But if they're important things, I never do either. Oh, I think you ought to think them out, don't you? Because, because lots of times the small things develop into very important things. Yes, but you just think things out, and they happen anyhow. Well, well, what? You mean there's some things you just can't control, huh? I don't think you can control anything. Anything, would you have breakfast with me? Sure. Where are you? Right down the corner drugstore. Would you give me 15 minutes? Could you make it five? All right, five. Come on. 
After a romantic evening, the couple can't get enough of each other, especially after the initial goodbye kisses. Peter ends up on his train home with Keith to get him back home. Keith is shocked to find out that his so-called girl Francie is now married to Peter. Francie is also on the train, but they have to sleep in the observation car as their room is taken by a cantankerous older couple. Waiting for Peter and Keith at the train station is Peter's father, Peter Sr., played by Charles Coburn, who runs the university that Peter Jr. teaches at. Peter is a bit apprehensive to introduce Francie to his father, and Keith ends up taking her back to his place. The other reason he isn't telling his father is that Peter's fiance Helen, played by Francis Mercer, also happens to be waiting for him at the station. Peter has some explaining to do, to everyone. However, Peter never wanted to marry Helen. It was all arranged by his father. Peter Sr. thinks that Francie is Keith's girl. Francie is more amused than angry about the entire situation. Peter decides to tell his parents about his marriage to Francie that night at a party thrown by his parents. However, he chickens out and just says she's one of his new students. Now, part of the reason he decides not to tell them about Francie's is because of what happens in this next scene. Oh, now, hold your head up a little higher. There, there. Now, don't move. I'll be right back. I wouldn't try that in a high wind. You might take off. He... Get Mother, will you? And bring her right over there. I'll get Dad. I wonder if you could stand the shock of my saying that I dislike you intensely. I want to go away. Not before I've had a few words with you. You know, Peter and I are planning to be married. Oh, is that so? Not that I think knowing that would make any difference to you. Well, no. You see... Peter needs protection against a certain type of woman. I could work on that. Now, are you going to mind your own business, or must I really give you a piece of my mind? Oh, I couldn't take the last piece. Now, what did you do that for? I'm only going to have to hit you right back. Why, you contemptible little blonde, how dare you slap me? You can't get away with that. Who do you think you are? There, and that's one for you, and there's plenty more where that came from, and I won't keep that. I won't, I won't, I won't! So, you want to talk to the old man, eh? Yeah, right. Strong and healthy, and yet he has to come to the old man. <laughs> Chip off the old block. Well, what is it, son? Is he too big for you? Well, he can't lick both of us, can he, huh? <laughs> you know, I do. Excuse me. Now, 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 don't tell me you've got something up your sleeve. I can tell by that look in your eye. Come on, out with it. Out with it. Give me up the truth. Ah, no, no, no. Surprise. I've sent Keith for Mother, and I want you both to be right here. Now, it better be good. Dad, this is good. Good, Peter. 
Ha-ha. Don't you think it's a little too rough? It is rough, isn't it? Ha-ha. <laughs> No, wait a minute. Wait. Francis, now wait. Wait, please. No, now take it easy. No, wait. Oh, take it easy, mother. So Keith decides to duck out and dance with his aunt, that's Peter's mom, while Francie and Helen duke it out. Ginger Rogers is priceless in this fight scene. Her facial reactions and body movements are like a boxer getting ready to face off against their opponent. And then later, when she gets caught by Peter and his father, she's duking out with Helen, she has her in a headlock, and then body slams her after she was stabbed in the butt by a pin. It's quite the brawl. Since Ginger Rogers' legs were insured for $500,000, they were strapped with boards and padded for protection during the fight scene. Keith gets a scolding from Peter Sr. about his quote-unquote girlfriend, Francie. It's also time for Francie to go to class to keep up appearances of her being a student at the university. Francie doesn't look like the other female students. How do you treat you? Like I trained you for the fight. Here's your registration card. Now you duck into Papa's classroom and he'll watch out for you. And remember, dear, this is your first day in school. I want you to be a good little girl and make Mother very proud. Yes, Mama. I'll be home as soon as Papa learns me all about the flowers. And he said. See what? Well, see that right there, don't you see it? No. Now look, it's right in the center there. Don't you see the tentacles? Just a minute, just a minute. Oh. Now, this is the lowest form of plant life. See? Hello. Hello. Uh, uh, they're perfect as far as they go. Now, if we take... I love you. Uh, you were just about to take something. Mm, well, leave it. Are you Professor Morgan? Yes. Well, I'm supposed to report to you. Oh, yeah, that's... I'll take her to her place, Professor. Never mind, call Pepper. I'll take her myself. There are a lot of things I have to catch up on, Professor. Do you think you could help me? Yes, dear. Uh, we're studying the lowest form of vegetable life, the protococcus. Now, I will take a drop of water and put it on the slide here. This water is from the gutter of a roof. It's been standing for some time. I didn't know you were this wonderful. Uh, uh, now, you'll use these to get the focus, and you'll notice a sort of a green coloring. Uh, green coloring, and that is a multitude of very small green bodies. See? So I want you to examine that, examine it very carefully, and if you run into difficulties, why, just ask me or one of the instructors. Well, hurry back, will you, dear? All right, darling.
All right, class. Now, anyone having any more questions about tomorrow's quiz, see Mr. Culpepper. That's all. Hey, Morgan, I was just thinking that new student. Probably not a thing up here except blonde hair, but... Now, wait a minute. Huh? Now, you take it easy. Well, I just don't like to have the new students maligned. After all, she hadn't had the benefit of the earlier lectures. Well, I'm sorry about that. I'll bring her up to date. Won't you sit down? I'll try and explain some of these things to you. Now, botany is really the romance of life. And before you're through with this class, you'll never again want to walk on a blade of grass. Is that so? Well, yeah, honey. Plants are just like us. At first, they're playfully young, and then they grow up and become a little more serious. If you know what I mean. Culpepper, run down the hall and get Tamora's slides or something. Yes, sir. Excuse me. I'll be back. Darling, I've been so anxious to talk well, to can't you. Can't we ever be alone? Here. So the only room to be alone in is a closet. Peter decides that Francie should find an apartment instead of staying with Keith. And then her and Peter can be together. And he will finally break the news to his parents. Francie finds an apartment, but much like her marriage to Peter, it's full of quirks. Oh, Walter! Oh, there he goes again. Who's Walter? Oh. The maid calls her Walter because it's like her husband's always falling down unexpectedly. Oh. Oh, wait a minute, I'll, I'll help him. Once I just opened the desk drawer and it fell down. It comes down easy, huh? I better hurry. If I don't hurry, I'll miss my train. You'll, you'll be careful going down the fire escape, won't you? Oh, that will... Of course, there was a policeman there when I came up, but I might take a chance. Oh, but he might mistake you for a burglar and shoot you. Oh, sure. It's all right. I think maybe I'd better stay here until he goes. Well, I have a few minutes before train time. I'll just stay here, too. Why don't you? There's no sense of waiting at that station no, for the train. No, I'll let him wait there. You know how they are in hotels? They always send up a maid who looks over things to see if you haven't stolen any towels or anything. And if she'd find you here, I got around that you were found in a woman's room. Well, without a woman. Yes, they, they never believe you. No, never believe me. Are you all packed? Do you think you have everything? I'm quite sure. You know, I always forget things when I go to a hotel. I leave them in drawers. <coughs> Nothing in there. Try the day. Uh, I left some books in the desk drawer. Would you mind returning them for me? 
The university has so many books, would it be all right if I kept one book just to remember everything by? They wouldn't miss one little book. Sure, I'll make it good. Will you autograph it for me? All right, I'm not the author. Oh, but you're much better than the author. <laughs> oh, the ink in the kitchen. Mm -hmm. Close the door. Nancy, darling, I love you. Never read beyond this page. Oh, darling, I can't go. Don't let me go. Oh, it makes sense. Well, even though Peter is madly in love with Francie, and vice versa, and Peter told his unapproving father about the marriage, well, how will things play out? You'll just have to watch the final 30 minutes and find out. And if you don't want to wait... I've tacked on a radio adaptation featuring Ginger Rogers and Fred McMurray and Charles Coburn that you should enjoy. But I recommend seeing the film, of course. Plus, you get to see Ginger dance a bit towards the end of the film in a very funny scene. Alright, some fun facts. So Ginger Rogers recommended Jimmy Stewart for this film, even though they had not worked on a film together previously. But the two were dating at the time, and with Rogers being one of RKO's biggest stars, she of course got her way. After four days of shooting in April of 1937, Jimmy Stewart became ill. But then he left the shooting to co-star in the film Of Human Hearts. RKO considered replacing Stewart, but shelved the production until December of 1937. The original actors of Donald Crisp and Faye Banter, who were cast in the original filming, were then replaced by Charles Coburn and Balula Bondi. In the early 1960s, Steve McQueen announced that he wanted to appear in a remake of Vivacious Lady. But of course, it never panned out. This film was actually nominated for two Oscars, but lost both categories. It was nominated for Best Cinematography, it lost to The Great Waltz, and Best Sound, it lost to The Cowboy and the Lady. As I promised, I do have an old-time radio episode from the Screen Guild Theater from April 7th of 1940. So why don't I play that for you now? And I'll be back next week to talk about yet another random movie from my DVD collection. Tonight, the Gulf Theater presents Ginger Rogers, Fred McMurray, Charles Coburn... Oscar Bradley and the Gulf Orchestra, and your host, the director of the Gulf Theater, Roger Pryor. Good evening, everyone. Tonight's play from the Gulf Theater is Vivacious Lady, an RKO comedy written by Ann Chapin, Ernest Pagano, and Caven Riper, and adapted by Charles Taswell and John L. Green. We've really had a lot of fun at rehearsals in the Gulf Theater this week. With Ginger Rogers, Fred McMurray, and Charles Coburn, maybe one reason we've had so much fun is the fact that it's always a pleasure to do something to help others. For you probably know the money which would ordinarily go to our stars and writers, Gulf gives instead to meet the needs of the Motion Picture Relief Fund and to build a home for the less fortunate members of the picture industry. We meet Ginger Rogers as Francie, the nightclub singer, Fred McMurray as Peter Morgan, Charles Coburn as Peter's father, President Morgan, and as a starter, I play Peter's cousin, Keith. 
The time is 1 a.m., the place the club coquette on 52nd Street in New York. Peter Morgan is threading his way among the crowded tables, looking for his cousin Keith. He stops at a table near the dance floor, where Keith is blissfully asleep. Hey, hey, Keith, come on, wake up. Mm, what, 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 darling? It's me, sweetheart. Oh, oh, cousin Peter, sit down. Thanks. Oh, wait, 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 not there. Why not? That's her chair. Whose chair? Francie's. Sit over here. Okay. Now listen, Keith. Francie's gorgeous. The 4 a.m. train leaves for Old Sharon at exactly 4 a.m. What eyes? What hair? What time? 4 a.m. And you're going to be on it, dead or alive. Francie's beautiful. Now look, Keith. I'm going to get you out of this. Out of what? I don't know how many promises you've made this Francie, but I'll handle it. I know the type. Cold, hard, grasping with absolutely no scruples. Now look, Peter. You know what a scandal would do to my father and old Sharon. Well, sure, but listen, Peter. Your mother's hot. You wanted to have another attack? Well, of course not. All right, then. Go back to the hotel and get our bags. I'll wait here for this Francie and tell her off. When I get through telling her, believe me, she'll stay told. He had to run along. I'm his cousin, Peter Morgan. Oh, that's nice. You mean my being his cousin? No, he's standing me up like this. Standing you? You? Oh, you, you couldn't. You, you're not fancy, are you? Yes. Well, can I ask you to sit down? Oh, sure, please do. See, I wasn't expecting it. That is, Keith, Keith told me, but I didn't believe him. But you really are even more than he said you were. Say, what's the matter with you? You. What's the matter with me? Well, nothing. That's just it. You're wonderful. Look, are you tight? Oh, no, no. I'm not intoxicated. I'm just... No, really. Well, uh, here's the only way I can describe it. When I was a little boy in old Sharon... Uh... Oh, well, I'm beginning to think everybody comes from old Sharon. Well, I, I'm a botany professor. My father's president. What happened to Roosevelt? <laughs> Why, I, I mean, he's the president of old Sharon University. Oh. Well, you see, the father was driving along in his car one day, and... And being a little absent-minded about small details, he, he ran over me. He did? Uh, and, uh, well, that's exactly how I feel now. Run down? Oh, no, just the opposite. I, uh, I looked at you and something hit me. Oh, <laughs> well, we, we put it a little different. We say we feel like we've been hit by a truck. Oh, that's very good. <laughs> Look, uh, do, do you sing again? No, I'm through. Oh, you're through, huh? Mm-hmm. I usually stick around, but tonight I thought I'd... Just... Get a little air. Oh, I could get some air, huh? Mm, yes. Such a wonderful night. Such a yeah. beautiful moon. Wonderful night. Yes, sir. Well, all right. Yes, I'd better be going. I have to go. Uh-huh. Look, Peter, do you want to take me home or don't you? Do, oh, I was sort of hoping to. Well, then, for heaven's sake, let's go. The horse is neighing in his sleep. I've got to go home. I thought you said you liked handsome cats. I do like them, and I like Central Park, but we've been riding for hours. Oh, Francie, it's early yet. Early in the morning. You're going to miss your train to old Sharon. Yeah. Uh, Francie. Yes, Peter? Uh, uh, Francie, do you like the place you're living? Well, it's not so bad. Oh, I just thought maybe there might be something you didn't like about it. I mean... Maybe the plumbing's bad, or there's mice, or people upstairs fighting all the time. No, no. No, it's too bad. Why? Well, I just... If you didn't like it, I thought maybe you could move someplace else, you know, like... Uh, well, old Sharon, for instance. Oh, I couldn't get a job singing an old Sharon. Oh, you wouldn't need a job if you were... <laughs> if you were the wife of one of the professors. No, I wouldn't need... 
What? Oh, I, I know. I, you couldn't even consider it. I, no harm in asking. Wait a minute. Did you just ask me to marry you? I don't blame you for turning me well, down. Well, Peter, I... realize there's not much to being a professor's But wife. don't you see, I... You're too dull for a girl like you. I don't think it would and be... small and quiet and... But I'd like to... It's a one-horse town. Peter, will you please be quiet and know oh, enough for me to say yes? Did you say yes? Yes! Oh, gosh, that truck just hit me again. <laughs> Sharon, next stop, Old Sharon. Francie, this is it. Peter, do I look all right? You're beautiful, Cousin Francie. You didn't ask you, Cousin Keith, and stop holding my wife's hand. Hey, the train's slowing down. Think your father and Helen will be waiting on the platform, Peter? Who's Helen? Oh, she's just the girl Peter's engaged to. Engaged? Why, you're a bigamist. Oh, I didn't propose to her. Francie's father did. Helen's a thoroughbred, you know. Blue blood, black tongue, shiny nose. What did your father say about your marriage? Well, he, uh, he doesn't know yet. Peter, I thought you telegraphed. Well, I was going to, but I decided to tell him personally. Uh-oh. Oh, well, the train's stopping. Peter, uh, uh, Peter, maybe I'd better not meet your father just yet. Oh, no, don't be scared. I- I'm not. Well, I am. I- I'd i better go someplace until you've broken the news, huh? Sure, you can wait at my place, oh, Francie. Yeah, don't you think it'd be better? But after you tell your father, I'll bring her right over. Now, yeah, come I'll on, move. we got to get off. Oh, yeah, but Keith... Uh, Hurry up now. Watch it. Here's the steps. Oh, wait, wait. Oh, darling. Francis, come on, come on. Now, break it up. Break it up. This way, Cousin Francie. Goodbye. Goodbye, Peter, darling. Goodbye, Francie. Peter. Oh, yes, Dad. Peter, hello, dear. Oh, hello, Helen. Peter, who was that girl? Uh, Dad, I want to tell you about her. You don't have to. I saw her with my own eyes. I sent you to bring Keith home. I didn't expect you to be weak enough to allow you to bring that, that, that blonde here. Oh, now, look, Dad, she's a nice we'll girl. We'll discuss this I... later. But, Dad, I... I have a board meeting at the university. You may use the car to take Helen home. Come, darling. Oh, Dad, wait. I've got something to tell later, you. Later, my boy. Later on. Oh, oh, Peter. Here comes that awful girl. Uh, oh, oh, yes. Excuse me, Mr. Morgan. Oh, he- hello. Uh, Helen, uh, Francie. Francie, Helen. <laughs> I just had to thank your fiancé for everything he's done for me, Helen. I had such a wonderful time. Really? When I think of it, I just break out in goose flesh all over. <laughs> Did you ever break out? Not lately. <laughs> I'll always think of you, Mr. Morgan. And here's something to remember me by. Well, goodbye. And be sure and call me. Why, why she kissed you, that cheap little hussy. Yeah, isn't she wonderful? Hello? Francie. Oh, Peter, darling, I've been waiting hours for you to call. Uh, I've been waiting for Father to come home from the board meeting so I could tell him about us. Uh, oh, wait a minute. I just hear the front door. Oh, I hope it's your father. Yeah, I think it is. Now, you hold the phone, Sergeant. Yeah, well, as soon as I break the news, I'll give you his reaction. Okay, oh, Peter. Dad. Oh, hello, Dad. Peter, uh, uh, hold the wire, Miss Plotkin. I'll be right with you. Peter, you have a meeting of the student council tomorrow. Peter. And you're taking Helen to the prom tonight. Uh, well, Dad, I want to explain to you about that girl you saw this morning at the station. I decided to give the matter no more thought. Uh, but, Dad, I... The uh, subject is closed. Peter. The subject is not closed. It can't be closed. Peter. Now you'll see you've disturbed your mother. Well, I'm sorry, but I feel that there's a time when... Are you and Peter arguing? Yes, Mother, we were. I won't be treated like an infant. Don't shout. Shouting is the effort of a limited mind to express itself. Oh, oh dear. My mother. My heart. My poor heart. Now you'll see what you've done. Oh. I'll help you to your room, Mother. I'll yes, take her. Sir. You've done enough as it is. Oh. Come, Mother. Yes. Lean on me. Oh, I boy. don't know what children are coming to. Oh. You lie down and I'll... Oh, hello. hello. Francie, you still there? Yeah, do you want me to come over now? Oh, no, you better not just yet. I I didn't get a chance to tell Dad about you. Mother just had a heart attack. A heart? Oh, that's all. Yeah, she has a bad heart. Oh, 
Peter, this... This is awful. We've got to do something about us. Yeah. Well, look, Francie. How'd you like to go to the prom tonight? Oh, well, I'd love to, Peter. I'll ask Keith to bring you. Keith? Yeah, you see, my folks will be there, and I think with the music and you to look at, I, I think I can break the news. Darling. Well, all right. But, Peter, the best years of my life are fading fast. I'll see you at the prom. to my own wife, I have to cut in and take her away from some undergraduate. I didn't make the rules. I hope your father and mother are here. Yeah, they're here. Helen, too. Oh, yes. I saw you dancing with her. What was that? The clinging vine clutch? <laughs> I had to dance with her, Francie. She came out of the stag line and tagged me. Come on. Here's the balcony. Now, now you stay right out here till I get father and bring him out to meet you. Oh, oh darling, I, I, I've got the shakes. Oh, there's nothing to be afraid of. Huh? Well, and why are you shaking? Oh, just sympathetic reaction. Oh, Peter. Kiss me or I'll collapse. Yeah. How's that? Feel better? Mm-hmm. Kiss me again. Yeah. <laughs> now, now I'll bring your father quick. All right, now, don't move. Just keep your chin up and oh. I'll be right back. Yeah. Keep your chin up. Look him straight in the eye. Keep your chin up. Chin up. I wouldn't try holding your chin like that in a high wind. You might take off. Ha ha. Very funny. You're the strange little girl who was on the train, aren't you, Francie? And you're the nasty little girl who was on the platform, aren't you, Helen? Do you mind if I say I dislike you intensely? Your nose is shiny. Go away. It might interest you to know that Peter and I are to be married next month. Hmm, congratulations. Mm -hmm. He needs a wife to protect him from a certain type of woman. Yes, that's true. I noticed the way you danced with him. What do you mean by that? If you'd been any closer to him, you'd have been behind him. I want to scratch your eyes out. Look, why don't you stop being a dope? Why, you common little... Now, that was a silly thing to do, Helen. Very silly. Because now, you see, I'll have to... Oh! Why, why you contemptible little nothing. I dare you to slap me again. Oh, you dare me? Well... Oh! Don't you shush me. And don't you dare slap me again. You can't treat me like this. Oh, I can try. Oh! Now, don't scream. I'll don't scream as loud as I want to. Well, go ahead, then let yourself out. Here's a little start. Ah! Oh! Right out here, oh. Dad. Help up, baby. Hey, hey, let go of my hair. Oh. Hey, what's going on that here? That woman, she, she... Hello, Peter. What happened there? Who, me? Uh, there must be some mistake Keep here, quiet, Dad. Peter. I... Oh. What happened, Helen? She slapped me. She slapped me first. But she slugged me. I did not. You did too. If I'd have slugged you, I'd have hit you like this. Oh. Helen, Helen, old girl, buck up. Oh, gosh, she's fainted. Fainted nothing. That was a clean knockout. Get that girl out of here and get her off the campus and get her out of town. Oh, Dad. Well, gee, Francie, I'm afraid you didn't make much of a hit with Father. Yeah. No hits, no runs in my era. Oh, I'm sorry, Peter, but I don't belong in old Sharon. Oh, no, Francie, just won't work, Peter. I, I don't fit in. And before something dreadful happens and you stop loving me, I'm going back to New York. following Francie's KO fight with Helen at the college prom. Francie, weakening under Peter's pleading, is still an old Sharon. They're walking across the campus. 
I tell you, this situation is only temporary, Francie. That's what you keep saying. And just as soon as Dad cools off, I'll talk to him. Hello, Professor Morgan. Uh, oh, hello, Collins. Woo-hoo! How do you like the Martha Gregory apartments? Well, the desk clerk seems rather suspicious. Why? Did you tell him you were married? Well, no, that's just it. I, I registered as Miss Francie Brent, but my bag had your initials on it. Afternoon, Professor Morgan. Oh, good afternoon, Cartwright. Uh, the student body seems to approve of me. Yeah. Oh, so will my family. Look, Francie, I'll, I'll come up to your apartment and see you tonight. Well, what about the desk clerk? Oh, I'll tell him I'm your botany professor and I've come to give you an examination or something. <laughs> All right, teacher. I'll be there at seven. Oh, darling, kiss me. Oh, sweetheart. Hello, professor. think you're going? Apartment 307, clerk, Mrs. Francie Brent. Please. Oh, no. The Martha Gregory apartments are exclusively for women. Yes, but I'm her botany professor. Her botany professor. That's the new one. <laughs> but it's important that I see her. You can't go upstairs. I'll, uh, all right, then. Can I talk to her on the house phone? This is the house phone. Uh, will you ring Miss Brent, please? Hello? Uh, hello, uh, uh, Miss Brent? Oh, Peter, darling, I've been waiting and waiting. Uh, I'm sorry. I guess I won't be able to have a... Listen tonight, the clerk won't let me up. Oh, well, then I'll be right down. Uh, no, Francie, this has gone on long enough. I, I, I'm going straight home and tell Dad or Fuss. Oh, that's wonderful, darling. Oh, I won't be able to sleep until I know what he says. Well, uh, I'll, I'll see you later somehow and tell you. But you can't get by the clerk. Yeah, I know, Francie. Uh, uh, are you safe up there? I mean, have you got a fire escape? Or, huh? You know, just in case of fire. Darling, I thought you'd never get well, here. Francie, I, I told Father. What did he say? He was still saying it when I left. Oh, I see. But I don't care what he says, Francie. I'm... Oh, yes, you do, darling. No, I don't. I... Oh, it just won't work this way. Look, um, don't you think I'd better go back to New York? Oh, no, Francie. You know, you know, until you sort of straighten things out. Oh, but I want you here. And then you can send for me. I think that's the sensible thing to do. Don't you? Well... Well, don't you? Yeah, I guess so. Oh, put your arms around me. Francie. We try to be alone and can't be. And now when we are alone, we have to say goodbye. Peter, will you write to me? Sure, I'll write to you. Every day. What will you say? I'll say, dear Francie. Oh, please make it stronger. Francie, darling. Francie, darling, I'm, I'm miserable without you. Oh, Peter, Peter. I can't go. Of course you can. Yes, who is it? Clerk, Miss Brent. Someone reported a man on the fire escape. Are you all right? Sure, she's all... Peter, Peter. What was that? Quick, the fire escape. Who's in there? Uh, goodbye, darling, Open this door. Be careful. Don't fall. Yeah, do you hear me? Open this door. Coming. Where is he? Where is that man? 
What man? What man? But what's the matter with you? Terrible cold. Laryngitis. Oh, oh, it was you. I could have sworn I heard a man's voice. Who was it? Well, don't worry. Martha Gregory's service is mother away from home. Mm. Now, you go to bed, take some hot tea, lemon, molasses, and butter, put them all together. And they spell mother. Goodbye. Hello? There's a Mrs. Morgan on her way up to see you. Huh? Oh. Oh, thank you. Oh, my God. Uh, just a minute. Oh. Well, hello, Mrs. Morgan. Good evening. You'll forgive the late call, I hope, Miss Brynn. Of course, Mrs. Morgan. Well, come in, please. Thank you. I'm Peter's mother. Yes, I thought you were. I know everything about you and Peter. You do? Oh, I'm so glad. You know, we've been scared to death to tell you we were married. What was that? Yes, and I've been so worried thinking what might happen that maybe I'd lose him. My oh, be- gee, it's pretty hard to think of giving something up that you're so crazy about. Miss Brynn. Th- oh, I know it sounds silly to fall so completely for anybody all at once. But I did. One look, and I knew he was the guy. Well, you know, you're his own mother. What did he tell you about me? Nothing. What? Helen spoke to me about you, but this is the first time I've heard you're Peter's wife. May I... May I sit down? Oh, I'm I'm so sorry. I'm quite all right. Well, can I get you some water or... Haven't you any beer? Well, uh, just give me a cigarette. Oh, no. Oh, no, Mrs. Morgan, mm-hmm. you mustn't. P- Peter said you were you were subject to heart attacks, and you're not going to... Have your match. Yeah. Yeah. Here. Thank you. Well, how, how do you feel? I feel fine. You know, I like you. Oh, thank you, Mother. <laughs> oh, but your heart, you really My heart be... trouble is a convenience, my dear. I use it on my husband when I want my own way. Stop! You can't go in there. Get out of my house. That sounds like my husband's. Eleanor, put down that cigarette. I'll do nothing of the kind, Henry, and stop shouting. So, Miss Brent, you married my son. May I ask why? Because I love him. And because I wanted to be his wife, Mr. Morgan. Do you know that when he married you, he threw away his future? The only solution of this situation is a quiet divorce. You're not grading papers or dismissing classes, Mr. Morgan. Peter is my husband. You're forcing me to ask him to resign his position at Old Sharon University. Come, Mother. You are going home. No, Henry. I'm staying here. What's that, Eleanor? For 30 years, I've done just as you said, all for Old Sharon. But now I'm through. I'm walking out. Eleanor, you'd better come home. No, Henry. Francie's the first nice thing that's happened to our family in years. And if she has to leave, I'll leave. We'll both get a divorce. that bag under the seat, Porter? Yeah. Well. Well, we're on our way, Mother. Yes, I... I feel so free. Cigarette? No, I... I don't seem to want one. I guess I only smoke because my husband disapproved. Cause a massive, ma'am. If you wouldn't let me smoke, I wouldn't give up smoking. I'd give up my husband. It all depends upon what you enjoy the most. New York, such fun. <laughs> so many gay places. Go wherever we want to go. Do whatever we want to do. With no husband to order us around or worry.
Young lady on this train? Uh, is she crying? I hope so. Right down there, sir. Compartment B. Tell me, Porter, is there another lady aboard? She crying too? I should think so. Mm-hmm. Right down there, compartment C. Come on, this way, Dad. I do think we could have found a less expensive way of stopping this train, Peter. Well, next time you think something. Whoever heard of parking a car on a railroad crossing and letting the train hit it? Well, here's Mother's compartment. Well, I guess I'll not. Why, Henry! Yes, Eleanor. Enough of this nonsense. I've come to take you home. Eleanor! Well, Dad, it looks like you've got to make a decision. The question of what you want most, Mother, or your own way. Hmm. Well, I suppose even I could be wrong. Oh, Eleanor, it's Henry. I was in that car that was wrecked. Oh, my poor heart. Oh, Henry, you poor darling. Come in. Come oh. in and lie down, oh. dear. Come on. Now, let's see. Compartment B. Come in. Hello, Fancy. Peter. Peter, how did you get Well, here? Dad and I hopped on to ask you and Mother to come back to old Sharon. Will you, Fancy? Oh, Peter, darling. I've been so miserable thinking I'll never see you again. So have I, Fancy. Well, aren't you going to kiss me? What do you think? Peter. Oh, sweetheart. Fred McMurray and Charles Coburn for a swell performance. And now don't go away, because in just a moment, we'll have the Gulf question box. And when that comes, I you... I say it now, Mr. Pryor? Uh, no, uh, not now, Oscar. As I was saying, it's time for the Gulf question What's box. What's the matter with Oscar, Rogers? Oh, nothing. There is two something, Miss Rogers. Mr. Pryor promised me a part in tonight's play. I was to be a conductor on the train. And he never gave me the signal to speak by lines. After all my practice... Oh, come on, Roger. Give little Oscar his big chance. But, Fred, the play's over. Well, okay. Look, Oscar, it's your big moment. The freight pulls into a junction. It stops. You run through the train at top speed and shout... Change cars. All change. All change. Woo! <laughs> well, Oscar, as a conductor, you're great. And although I'm not a conductor, I'd like to say all change, all change myself. And now once again comes time for the golf question box. Remember, you must answer my questions correctly or pay a fork. First, a quick quiz for Ginger Rogers, whose latest picture for RKO is Primrose Path. Ginger, tell me. What beloved screen veteran once served as a colonel in the Chinese Army? Mm, Chinese Army. Got you um, this time. Couldn't be Mickey Rooney. <laughs> no, 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 I'm afraid it wasn't, and you're only allowed one guess, so now uh, I have to tell you. Uh, Ginger, it was Lewis Stone. 
He served as a colonel with the Chinese forces until the outbreak of the Boxer Rebellion. And so I'm afraid you've got to pay a forfeit. Oh, boy. Ginger, this morning, I heard you say that your grandfather, Smokey, was yeah. 74 years old today. That's right. Well, if that's right, in honor of such a happy occasion, you must sing Happy Birthday to you, just like they do with a singing telegram. Okay. All right, go ahead. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Grandpappy Smokey. Happy birthday to you. <laughs> Thank you, Ginger Rogers, and our own congratulations. So don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, tune in the Golf Theater next Sunday night at the same time, and you'll hear Bob Hope, Anne Sheridan, and Elvia Cobina Allman, with music, as always, by Oscar Bradley and his Golf Orchestra. Next week, following, we present Spencer Tracy and Rosalind Russell, and beginning three weeks from tonight, Go brings you the celebrated adventures of Ellery Queen. So until next Sunday night, this is Roger Pryor saying good night, everybody, for your neighborhood good golf dealer. All the things you are is from very warm for May. The golf theater originates at Earl Carroll's in Hollywood, and this is the Columbia Broadcasting System. If you enjoy this podcast and are an iTunes user, please do the show a favor and head on over to the official iTunes page for damn good movie memories. Be sure to leave a rating and a review. This will allow the show to appear higher in the algorithm and spread the joy of this podcast to the masses. If you are not an iTunes user, you can still listen and subscribe on Podbean at damngoodmoviememories.podbean.com. Be sure to like us on Facebook under our Damn Good Movie Memories page. You can also listen to a limited number of episodes on YouTube. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode and be sure to tune in next week for an all new episode of Damn Good Movie Memories.